You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. You are back. It's another week, another fabulous show waiting for you. Your outspoken boys are in the studio. It's getting really cold outside. I just want to start with that. And it's wet and cold. It's wet cold. It's not dry cold. No, wet cold cold makes me unhappy. Mm -hmm. Makes Jonathan a grumpy, grumpy boy. Yes, it does. More so than usual, (laughs) right? That's saying that's saying a lot. But welcome. We're excited. This is another packed show for you all we got a lot as they've they've been going lately we got a lot of things to mm-hmm. talk about a lot of guests in the studio and i love that i love it when i remember back to the days when it was just right. us in the studio now we pack it with interns and guests and now it's extra we you make get, it exciting exactly you get the extra dose of fun and informative right? and entertaining exactly. entertaining so listen what have the boys been up to this week oh boy what haven't we done uh this week we actually visited the set twice of rocky horror uh down at the civic their studio theater yeah because they've been doing that for the last right. few weeks it actually runs through the fifth and we discovered it's amazing it uh, we so we knew it was amazing but we discovered how amazing yeah. it, was. it was we got to see oh, how they fun put this together because yeah. we get to narrate the show on the 4th. Yes, this Friday. That's yep. the outspoken night. Uh-huh. And so we wanted, you know, the director wanted to give us direction, which we appreciate very much. So we were yep. finally given our script and told, yep. you know, kind of what they're going for. And then we got to go and sit and kind of observe right. how the show is put together. And all I have to say is after that, I was so excited. I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're ready to show. go just take over the show. I know. Just let us on stage. The energy that those actors are bringing is Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can I, just feel it in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, Frankenfurter does a really good job. Yeah. The actor playing. That's right. Uh, that's, and I just keep it's thinking. It's a harder role. That's one of... That's... Like one of someone's neighbor in oh, town. I know. Yeah. And they're up there and they are nailing it. It yeah. was so I much agree. fun. I, agree. I do want to do a call out though. <laughs> okay. I want to call out the audience that night and say when you're at the outspoken night, it better be different. But I was I loved the the show and the yeah. actors. I was disappointed in the audience because we were ready to do the time warp. We were there. We, we were, were gonna like, dance. Oh, Nobody the best danced. Time. And then no one got up and I just kept staring at people like what? What's happening? Not a single one of them. You're supposed to. This is a participation show. Participate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was anticipating the participation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's my Rocky Horror. Uh, Oh. (laughs) So anyways, we are up there. We were told what our costumes are. We saw the the, the narrator with our costume on him. So that's good. It's good. So I I think we get separate. We don't just share one. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> we're like we'll, the, we'll make it work. We're like the Tweedledee and Tweedledum of <laughs> yeah. Rocky Horror. Yes, <laughs> Just thank bring you. us in. It's fine. We'll share a smoking oh, jacket. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, oh boy, that's it's great. awkward, but we'll, we'll uh, you know that's fine. Um, now most of the shows are are sold out, but there's I think a yeah. few uh, eleven o'clock showings that are still that open. Yeah, and those are the more risque ones. It's funny because Which I wish we were part of because they, they look like way fun. Come on, we want, our we version will be a crazy. blast, yeah. but still the eleven o'clock one. Oh yeah, it gets yeah. out of hand. I'm not not gonna lie. You and I posted a picture during one of our um, <laughs> we visits did a selfie there. with Lance, <laughs> yeah. the director, and in the background we included a little a little, little surprise. Peek. Someone someone asked me about it. They're like, "Is that what the whole show is?" And I was like. Come and see. I don't know. You're gonna have to look. Is it yeah, a good thing? Yeah, the like pictures it? are very risque. Yep. My favorite thing is the director telling us stories while we're there. Yeah. And one of the things <laughs> that Lance uh, Babbitt says to us is, "Someone sent me a message and said they wanted to know 
if the show had to be so gay. And I said, has he ever seen Rocky Horror ever? Or any because musical? Because the show just is, okay? It's, yeah. hello, the whole song Sweet Transvestite. I mean, the whole there's all there this innuendo that has been there since, you know, yeah. 50 years ago when since the original happened. So if you're mm-hmm. shocked by that... Yeah. And you think you know Rocky Horror? Then I think maybe you need to check yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what were your expectations? Like, I what, know too gay. Let's start. And there. then he's like, maybe you guys should do musicals that aren't so gay. And I'm like, what? 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 I know. What, how's that a thing? We're all sitting you there watching do, Oklahoma. What? Right, what you could do Redneck the musical, music. and it's going <laughs> to end up being a little bit gay. I'm yeah. sorry. That's musicals. Yeah. yeah so me. I think it's hysterical <laughs> that that was his. That was his critique, but yes, you know, for Lance, I just wanted to know as a director, you don't have to take that one. You just let yeah, that go. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's not exactly. that has no substance Mm-mm. in the Mm-mm. in the critiquing world. None at all. Yeah. Uh, speaking of theater, there's a lot actually going so on. It, we're right in the in the midst of uh, of the Fun season right now. We're season. we're getting there. I love it mm-hmm. so much. Um, but uh, Streetcar Name Desire is also playing at Civic right now on while, the main stage on the main stage while Rocky Horror is in the studio. That runs through November thirteenth, and mm-hmm. um, that is a much less gay show for you. So if you, yeah, if there you, you go, don't if you like want the nice gay show, go see Southern Street. Blanche. Yeah. She's she's <laughs> waiting for you. Desire. Blanche is is there. Blanche. I love that name. I, Blanche. I know Blanche. <laughs> Blanche. It reminds me of the Golden Girls, yeah, which right, is right, my yeah. favorite thing ever. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, beautiful, the Carol King musical. Oh yeah, yeah. Is coming to uh-huh. the INB Performing Arts Center. I am extremely excited to see that show. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to run from November 9th through the 13th. Remember when it's the IMB, when they're doing the traveling mm-hmm. Broadway shows, they're a much shorter run they than are. you're going to get in local theater. So you need to jump in on that like right away because you only get tickets. like four four days. Exactly. So, exactly. And I I love seeing all of our uh, Broadway shows that come through here. Oh, I love it We so love much. it. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen this Carol one Carol King writes some... Just mm-hmm. amazing music. And even right. if you think right now that you don't know Carol King music, it's not true. You go do. to the show and you'll be like, she wrote that? Yeah. That's her song? <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like a, um, you make me feel like a natural woman, I think, is the one by um, Aretha Franklin. Yes. Anyways, you can't miss that one. Yeah. I feel the Earth Move is one of my favorite songs ever. Anyways, I'm excited for the show. I'll be the one in the audience that's singing. Yeah, you like, will be. Standing Which up, pretending like anyways, it's my own show. But... Right. I'm expecting a spotlight. <laughs> if it's my own cell phone, that's fine. Just, but it's going <laughs> to... I'll help. It, I'll, I'll spotlight it's gonna you. Ha- it's going to happen. Sorry about it. Just, just what okay. you get. Um, but also... Uh, yes. Also, Night Mother, uh, Modern Theater, that that runs through November 6th here. Um, and we're going to be we're, talking. We're going to be talking to them today. Today. In the, in and, the studio. And... Listen, this is a Pulitzer Prize winning play. I watched it quite, uh, quite a few years ago. It is. There's a reason it's Pulitzer Prize winning. It's very heavy, but yes. it's absolutely brilliant. It, and we'll talk more about right, that. Yeah, with the director. And you're right. Though. It deals with some heavy but oh, really important heavy. topics that I think we need to you always. Need a, there you needs know, to be a counselor be waiting for you front, on your way front. out. Exactly. That's yeah. how heavy I know oh. this is. But it's brilliant. Yeah, and the conversation therapy. we're going to talk about the conversation it brings up is. Uh, is one we don't normally normally have. Speaking of conversations we don't normally have, yes. Remember what we love to do on our show uh, is every once in a while we do uncomfortable conversations. We did one on racism not that mm-hmm. long ago, um, 
we like to have these conversations. And I want to remind everybody that our next in the series of Uncomfortable Conversations is on December 18th show. It's a show on grief. We will have a local author who wrote uh, a whole book on dealing with grief when he lost his his wife uh, a few years back. And then we're going to have a um, some other guests around the subject because we don't talk about we grief really in don't. our society. Yeah. And that makes it harder to deal with, to be honest. I mean, we don't want to talk about it when we're going through it. Uh, where you, it becomes very isolating. Pain is just a very isolating thing. We it don't is, share yeah. it. Right. We don't want it. Well, it's hard to be vulnerable, especially when you're in pain. It's Yeah, because yeah, you, you already want, feel yeah. like you're exposed and you're raw. So I think it's an important conversation. We like to start those. So remember, December 18th show, be sure to to tune in as we we talk about grief and how we as a culture choose to deal with it and choose not to deal with it. So that's right. I think that's going to be a, right. a great show. I'm very excited. Me too. It. And don't forget, you can always, if you miss our show or any part of it or want to re-listen to it, you can always find us on iTunes and Podbeam. Um, they are on there right after the show. We we upload them a day right. after. Yeah, and on Monday. Uh, you can go on it's, there. It's a great way to re-listen. It's a great Just way to, to review the show. Hint, hint. Yeah. Nice rating. Five stars, please. That's all. That's all we're accepting. <laughs> Five stars. But, and if you want to, anytime you have something you want to comment on yeah. during the show, please know you can interact with us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash outspokesman, or you can give us a little tweet. Uh, as as Kurt schooled me this week, which is done on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Tweets are done on Twitter. Did you know? I didn't. Huh. And you can reach us there at, at outspokesman uh, there. And we always have someone standing by reading your, your, your tweets and your messages. So uh, feel free to interact with us there. Yes, please do. And now we do have someone in studio here that um, we're going to be talking to. And we actually talked about this last year. We went there last year, the furball, um, <gasps> which is one of, favorite. Favorite, uh, one of our favorite events. Alcohol I mean, and cute animals get wine are my favorite. Cute animals, that's right. Of my favorite combination. And you take one home almost every year. I, w- I, I should. Think you should I, start a zoo I now. try to kidnap every animal I see yeah. now because <laughs> it just inspires you. They're so adorable. They are. But I guess we should probably let an actual (laughs) person representing (laughs) the Spokane Humane Society into this conversation. Just maybe. We do want to welcome Carrie Wilchis to the program. She is with the Spokane Humane Society, and we're going to be talking about annual furball. Carrie, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Are you ready for this? It's a little crazy. I think I'm ready. Okay. See, I think you're you're set up. You've dealt with crazy uh, (laughs) in your past. So, um... First of all, tell us what your your role is at the Spokane Humane Society. I'm the associate director and in charge of development and in charge of furball. Oh, so awesome. It's a crazy time in my office right now. Uh, you can no find doubt. my office. Uh, yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Under all of the papers. All the wonderful oh auction items right? and all of that that we have, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about good stuff. this is the annual furball. Mm-hmm. What is furball and what does it mean to the Spokane Humane Society? Yeah, well, it's our 17th annual furball. It's an auction dinner and dance. It is our largest fundraiser, and it means a lot because the Spokane Humane Society is only supported through donations and fees for services. We don't get city money. We don't get we don't get national money. Only donations. So this mm-hmm. is an important event for us. This pays our bills and keeps the animals fed for the next year. Well, right. and it's not a small facility by any means. No. Yeah. Well, and no. Spokane Humane Society has been around for so long here mm-hmm. in Spokane. It's such a staple in in a, our animal world. Why is it so important to keep it going through these donations? Well, we've been around. You're right. We've been yeah. around for 119 years. Yeah. Ooh. Right. So it, wow. interesting. It started out helping the draft horses going up Manitou up oh, the hills. Oh, okay. Is yeah. kind of where it started. 
And so we've been in animal welfare all those years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people bring us their animals that they don't want. We'd rather have them bring them to us than turn them loose on the street. Yes, right. And same with the kittens and the puppies and uh, the rabbits and the bunnies and everything else. So we're there to care for the animals. That's Mm -hmm. the most important thing is to find forever homes for each of our animals. So it is very important. And, yeah, we have 28 employees and we have a lot of animals and the cost each day to keep them happy and fed right, and, right. and healthy. Healthy, a big thing. I uh, We've all heard the story of my little Roscoe. I got Roscoe, my little uh, standard Dotson, got him there. Sergey and I actually went down. And yeah. mm-hmm. the hardest thing, though, is to just pick one. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> yes. their yeah. faces, you're like, oh, oh I know. You oh. want them all. And then, you know, Roscoe was just a, it, it had to happen. Yeah, but then you're rude. like, don't look, don't look back. You yeah. feel like, you know. <laughs> You can't oh, look, God. but those are important things. And I know Roscoe was, mm-hmm. he was an older, he was five. So that's not just puppies that are there. It's not just small yeah. kittens. It's mm-hmm. animals of all uh, ages. And he was taken and off the streets. You guys just go, you know, it's not just about the cute little puppies and getting them, you oh, know, very adopted. True. Very true. We Puppies go fast. I'm yeah. talking 24 hours and oh, they're wow. gone. Kittens are almost as fast, but we yeah. have more kittens. So yeah. Yeah. it is about the five-year-old dogs, and yeah. it's about the six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old yeah. they bring to us. And, and the reasons they bring to us are, are sad, a mm-hmm. lot of them. But the thing you got to remember about leaving all of them is that we keep them. If they are healthy and adoptable, we will have them until they are adopted. Yes, and that's um, amazing. We've mm-hmm. had some cats over 200 days. Aww. So our average is 30 days. Yeah, that's, that's our average. really good. Yeah, that's it's about really 28 good. for the dogs, about wow. 30. And it's the older cats that kind of makes that's, it sure, sure. as high Aww. as it is. Right. Um, but we'll have them forever. We don't have a timeline. So once we have them, mm. you know, they're getting fed and they're getting loved. And we got volunteers that are taking them for walks yeah. and playing yeah. with See, them. See, and I think that's the amazing thing about the you, Yeah, that you have volunteers there. And they're taking So volunteering, how does that work? If someone wants to go mm-hmm. and take cats or dogs or bunnies on walks and pet them and feed them <laughs> what do, how do you do it's very easy yeah. you go onto our website www.spokanehumanesociety.org okay. click on volunteer you watch a short little video uh you fill out the form and then within a week or two our volunteer coordinator calls you up has you come in for orientation okay. which is about an hour long mm-hmm. and find out whether you want to walk dogs or pet cats or Work the front desk, work in the, our clinic, our medical, our veterinarian Aww. clinic, okay. um, whatever you feel, you know, comfortable. But, but once then after that, you come in, grab a leash, take a dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. It's really great for kids. Ten oh, to, I sure. Bet. Yeah, 10 to 16-year-olds have to bring an adult, but what mm. a great way to spend time with your kids. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what a beautiful lesson it really is. Yeah. So let's get down to the nuts and bolts of Furball itself. First of all, so this is a fundraiser that helps mm-hmm. to fund one of the biggest that you guys do that helps fund your year, mm-hmm. uh, your yearly budget. First of all, what is Furball? Uh, Furball, it's just one of the nicest, I think, gala events in Spokane. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's at the Grand Hotel, the Grand Davenport. And we have about 500 people, and we have a silent auction, and that moves into the live auction. Our live auction is actually eight theme decorated Christmas trees. Yeah. And okay. they hold about $2,500 or $3,000 worth of items on them. This year we have a Seahawks tree, oh, which actually nice. has four tickets on it. Wow. Nice. So That'll we're excited about that. 
Um, and you always then, have a good wine tree. I just want to say I, that. I, oh, yeah. I was just going to say. <laughs> right uh, now. That's my that's favorite. my favorite tree. <laughs> that, that is our most favorite, oh. and it is loaded with not only wine, but wine tours. Oh, yes. We've got a blending oh. um, over in Woodenville that you can go to. Oh, Six wow. people go in and blend your own wine. Wow. You use the equipment. You get to, there needs you get to, to bottle be an it, cork it. Wine. I know, yeah. So, oh, I love it's that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is one of our, amazingly enough, one of our... Most popular trees. Crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and there's also my favorite event of the evening is, uh, it, well, first of all, it's this great excuse to actually get dressed up and go to this fancy, you feel really fancy mm-hmm. and important to go to this amazing event. And then they give you wine, that uh, a wonderful dinner, yeah. and then the Parade of Paws. Yes. Tell our, our listeners about the Parade of Paws. Our, uh, it's our Parade of Animals. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we have um, two Parade of Animals during the evening. We'll have seven on each, and we bring out the dogs and the cats, um, bunnies. When you were brought out a rat, oh, uh, wow. they're all wearing bow ties oh. and, or pearls, depending <laughs> oh. on the animal. Oh, love um, it. The, the volunteers are well-trained on holding on to those cats really firmly. Right. Yeah. Right. You and have to. it's yeah. just cool. Yeah. It's amazing. And then afterwards, you get to pet them, right? They're out yep. in the lobby, and you mm-hmm. get to interact and play. We do. And, we oh. bring them out in the lobby. You can pet them, and a lot yeah. of them get adopted either that night or right. the next right. day. We try right. to encourage you to come the next day. And I know. You it's know. very hard, though, when you've had a glass of wine and you're exactly. petting a cute animal to wait till the next yeah. day. It is. You it is. It That's now. one of the reasons we try to encourage them. <laughs> right, right, and I'll right. wake up the next morning and go, ah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's awesome because they usually all, all yeah. 14 of those animals will be oh. do- adopted by the That's end That's amazing. Weekend. So are tickets still available? We have some individual tickets mm-hmm. still available. So you can call our office, um, talk to Jennifer, extension 212. And if, if we run short, we'll put you on a waiting list. Awesome. And as soon as we kind of lock down some of those tables and things, we, we're usually able to seat everybody. That's oh, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Who is emceeing this year? Because just a side note, it's not us, and we will try to forgive you. But <laughs> who is emceeing this year? Who's on that stage? Well, our MC is Mark Peterson. Because he's, right. yeah. he's done it for years it and years now. Four or five years it's now. Amazing. And, yeah. you know, Mark's just a great community yeah. supporter. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yes, he is. And their extreme team came into our shelter last February and oh, rebuilt gosh. the entire lobby. Really? And you are just updated. Our pearl building's 40 years old. Yeah. And yeah. it's been fixed with Band-Aids because the animals get fed for yeah above yes. all you Love know it. prettiness yeah. and mark just came in and spent two weeks and they just oh my gosh they made That's it awesome. so if you haven't been out since i was February, gonna say we haven't seen the remodel yeah. yeah yeah you really need the lobby's totally different wow totally. it's not a sad right pound, dog pound anymore right it's yeah. really right. nice and oh, open and pretty well so. where first of all what is the phone number to call the phone number is 467-5235 and you want to go for extension 212. And we will definitely put that, on, put that on our site. And then for our listeners, what is Spokane Humane Society's website? Our website is www.spokanehumanesociety.org. Perfect. So here's the thing. The boys love furball. Yes, we, we do. It, we have way too much fun, and the animals are amazing. And what I love is, is y'all's attitude towards the animals and taking care of them and how like you said they come first and it Mm -hmm. is obvious just walking in to the doors of the humane society that that is true um and furball is an amazing celebration of that um it's part of being a i think it's part of being a good citizen to take care of all creatures that are in our our uh our world around us so mm, right. very excited and so we encourage everybody if you if you have a chance to either donate or to go get a ticket and go to furball 
you should definitely do it. You will not regret it. Is there a photo booth this year? Unfortunately, I don't <gasps> believe we're going to have a photo booth no. this oh, then, year. Okay. We'll, just we'll be bring doing our selfies own. all night. Can that's, we bring that's, our own? That's fine. Right? Yeah, sure. Okay. No <laughs> problem. <laughs> we will just make our own uh, photo booth. And we'll if, you, if you see us there, you can just come take pictures with us. It's fine. Yeah. We will, we <laughs> will we help go. you out. That'll we work. will be bringing props. <laughs> exactly. But Carrie, thank you so much for coming in and sharing <laughs> with our listeners. We'll post up all the information we talked about today. Um, one last thing, what is the specific date of Furball this year? Uh, it is Saturday, November 19th, and it starts at 6 p.m. Okay, Saturday, November 19th, 19th. 6 p.m. Our challenge yep. to you is to go support Spokane Humane Society. That's right. You won't regret okay. it. And then go get a, a lovely companion because they change your life. Guaranteed. <laughs> and now we are going to be talking about more theater happening here in Spokane. Uh, currently, Night Mother is being put on by the modern theater in Coeur d'Alene, and it is a Pulitzer Prize winning play by Marsha Norman. So we have Susan Hardy here talking to us a little bit about Night Mother. It is kind of a heavier, heavier play. So why don't we begin by talking about what Night Mother is about and what does it encompass? Night Mother, as you said, is a play by Marsha Norman, mm. and it is um, a two-woman show, mm. mother and a daughter. The play takes place in mom's house. The daughter lives there. Uh, on a typical Saturday night, they prepare to do mama's nails. It's a very ordinary sort of night until very early in the play, so this is not a spoiler, when uh, Jessie, the daughter, announces that she pr uh, plans to kill herself that evening, to shoot herself uh, later that evening. Mm. And um, so what we see for the next hour and a half is in real time the next hour and a half of these two women's lives as they deal with, try to process, g try to get through the evening with, with that just devastating piece of, right. of news. And like you say, it's, it is an actual conversation happening in, in real, real time. time. Mm -hmm. And what are the challenges a play like this brings to a playhouse being so heavy, to an actor and to a director in delivering this kind of show to an audience, what kind of things do you have to think about? You know, uh, it, it is a one-act play, so it's an hour and a half of sustained drama. Um, I mean, not that there isn't humor in the play, right. but you, you understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so as a director, it's uh, kind of an interesting challenge on several levels. You know, the, the one level is uh, sustaining this piece and building this piece and calibrating mm -hmm. it through that hour and a half. Right. Um, and the other is uh, working on a an intimate play with two actors, which um, I just love that process. I love working on small pieces mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you really, really can dig deep and right. and get to know each other and uh, and really, really massage the piece the way it should be. So that was really extraordinary and really, really exciting. Right. But um, I felt that in order to be able to rehearse this thing so that we got a sense of the build and the climax and all that kind of stuff, we really had to just chunk it out by beats and, and that sort of thing. And it seemed to work out very well that, that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a tough piece to do. It's a tough it piece is, it because is. you can't you can't lay it all out too early. It's just mm -hmm. and and they take such different journeys these two women, mm -hmm. right? So It is a very different. Yeah. Well, and to have two actors on stage and that's your whole cast, it's so heavily based on that dialogue and the conversation to mm -hmm. make to make us feel what's happening on stage. Um have you were you ever worried that the actors wouldn't get there or was there a struggle um conveying that at first? No, I actually, well, you know, different challenges with different actors, sure, right? But sure. first and foremost, uh, 
um, Emily Jones and Marianne McLaughlin are the two actors uh, mm. in the piece. And sh- they are really extraordinary actor- actresses, extraordinary people in terms of their work ethic and their desire to get this right. So right off the bat, we were very much on the same wavelength in terms of that. And we were all willing to work very, very hard and go to some dark places that, you know, in a toe-tapping musical, you don't necessarily <laughs> right. have to go. But they knew going in that this was going to be a bit of a, um, you know, certainly an, a fascinating ride, but mm-hmm. a kind of a dark ride. Um, but yeah, I think we got there. Well, you know, and you, we, we keep talking about the subject matter. I mean, I saw the play years ago, and it is, first of all, it's so well written. Yeah, um, it's crafted. And so, yeah, and when on the, the shoulders of very adept actor, is, it is just... It's amazing and emotional for everyone involved, from actor to audience member. And suicide rates have been going up uh, mm-hmm. in the nation for decades now. What do you think the impact of a play like this is on the large conversation and the issue of mental health, especially because this play won its Pulitzer Prize in the 80s, mm-hmm. at, and it just says today it's still as relevant mm-hmm. as it was in the 80s. What do you think the show, you know, how, what impact it may have? Well, you know, I... I I think that one of the things that theater does so beautifully is to create a safe place to come and explore these issues that are so, so very difficult to talk about and to, you know, just... And and so my hope is that we can shine a light on these two women and extrapolate out, and Marsha Norman does that so beautifully, because for me, and I think I think this is really true, the the subject of suicide is the catalyst for what happens, mm-hmm. for what the play is about, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, suicide, the, the subject of suicide figures prominently into this piece. It's what careens us to the end. Um, and we take that very, very seriously. That being said, I think the play is about more than suicide. It's which suicide always is more than right. You yeah. know about sure. it's a larger conversation, much larger conversation. And I hope that this play opens that conversation up to people. Um, I think in this play, um, the the um, the value of this play in a larger universe is that here we really are discussing the value of people's lives and their perception and how people perceive the value of their lives differently and what kind of an impact that has on their, how they go about living their lives. Right. Um, Mama has a whole different value system than the daughter does. Completely. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And so they have a really hard time. You know, mama is trying her heart and soul out to convince Jesse not to do this and Jesse is trying so hard to explain to mama that it has nothing to do with mama it right nothing. it's it's just this is the way and she does her best to explain her her position on this and right. sure. unfortunately um sometimes this you know this conversation never happened in their lives. Right. Yeah. And right. that's one of the things that the play does so beautifully is point out that the reason they're having this conversation is because we're at the 11th hour and there's no yeah. turning back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have that's it a lesson yeah. for exactly. us all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So bringing this play to our local theater scene, y- what did you hope to accomplish with that? And have you accomplished that? I hope... I I hope that the people who have seen it uh, are taking the subject seriously and are having talks yeah. about their own relationships in their own life. Um, I hope by you know we are trying to provide some materials for people who might mm-hmm. see it and might you know have need some right. numbers or need somebody to talk to or whatever. 
And, um, you know, my hope is that as in any good piece of theater, well-crafted piece of theater, um, you go, you um, embrace the subject matter, and you right. come back with a fuller understanding, mm-hmm. or at least maybe more questions that lead you to a fuller understanding, exactly. you know, and more introspection about how the people in your lives, you know, our, our lives mm-hmm. are, are touched by this subject. And plays like this are why I love theater. I mean, I love all sorts of theater, mm-hmm. but I love it because we're, <laughs> like you said, we are mm-hmm. able in that hour and a half, two hour period to have a conversation about a subject. I think true art's whole purpose is to inspire dialogue. And I think that's amazingly what this, this show does. But I have the most important question mm. of our interview today, and mm-hmm. that is, where can people get tickets? Ah, thank you, ah. thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> We perform at uh, the Modern Theater in Coeur d'Alene, and that's mm-hmm. on Garden Avenue off of 15th. Um, you could go to the website, mm-hmm. themoderntheater.org.com. I hope I have that right. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google the Modern right. Theater, you right? Go. And they're going <laughs> right. to take you. You're going to get to where we're on Facebook. There's all sorts of, or uh-huh. um, I believe weekdays between. And it is dot .org. Is it dot .org? I just found it. <gasps> yeah. modern th- the I Modern d- Theater dot org. And T-H-E. E A T E R, I think E-R, is how they spell. E-R, yes, yep. yes. So forgive me, all the folks at Modern. <laughs> I'm I'm not the ambassador I should be, but <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. You can you can get tickets through you know through the website online, Perfect. or you could call the Modern Theater. I believe it's between the hours of three thirty and five, if I'm not, or five thirty on weekdays, mm-hmm. um, and you can call the box office there and get tickets there too. That's amazing. Or come to the come to the theater, um, yes. and 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 just surprise us, and we will have tickets for you. I promise. Exactly. And there if you, you do want to call, you can call um, Coeur d'Alene's at two zero eight six seven six play, and it is between the hours of three thirty and five thirty uh, for the show. So that's exciting that it's there. We're definitely showing up. We are. I'm excited are you? To see oh, it. I would yes. love to see you there. Yes. Yeah, we, this is an important play. It's beautiful. Yeah, thank yeah. you. We go for one more weekend mm-hmm. after this, um, right. so we'll be performing through uh, Thursday through Sunday of next week, uh, seven thirty in the evening, and then Sunday at two. It's going to be amazing. So we will put up all the information pertinent to you because we know if you're listening, you want to see the show. Uh, we will put and it up should. on all of our yes. all of our socials so that you can get tickets uh, and see what's an amazingly crafted. Dialogue on stage. Just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So Night Mother at the Modern Theater CDA. Thank you so much, Susan, for coming in and oh, talking with us. Oh, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Now Outspoken yeah. received support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken received support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. Outspoken received support from Instant Sign Factory, celebrating 25 years serving the Inland Northwest's indoor and outdoor sign needs. More information at 1-877-778-7446 and online at instantsignfactory.com. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. You know I want to call that out, right? Do it. Infofation. That's okay. That's all right. For more infofation. Infofation. You're welcome. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I it's very I, interesting. I, I know. I ha- interesting. Yeah, I have these uh, little slips. I and I, I like, turns, can't help it. Turns Asian for a second. It's fine. <laughs> interesting. We were we were talking okay. we were talking about this actually before the show, and we were talking about how we call Kurt out on that a lot. Oh yeah, I and I love it when I get called out on it. And I get, but my brain doesn't because I love words so much. And so Kurt <laughs> at at the last. <laughs> meeting we had called Libby Livy. Yeah. And I, and, and Libby's like being great. She's like, just, it's fine. Don't let it go. And I'm like, I, but I can't, like, I physically can't let it go. Like, I, I need. You have to say to it. Yeah. <laughs> heard about this because well, I, it's like my brain doesn't know how to move on from it. I just we, need to say it. <laughs> yeah. We have to tease Kurt anyways, but that, you're so right. It, it gets stuck on that wavelength until we talk about it. Power of words. I'm just telling you, just that the prime example prime example you. <laughs> i love That's it. what's happening anyway so a great first hour so far we did speak just yes. spoke to susan hardy who's the director of the show night mother listen it's it, a hard subject yeah, matter it no excuses because it it's an amazing play uh, obviously winning the pulitzer prize in the 80s um so it's worth seeing and i know it's it's kind of nerve-wracking but it's a conversation that mm-hmm. we don't have and if you go see it it what's fascinating is as she's right it's a conversation about suicide but so much more it's a conversation on taking control yeah. of your life and feeling out of control and right. and how each has chosen in their own personal journey what that means to them mm-hmm. and how they are going how they foresee right. control back hard conversation but much needed like she says in the show it shows this relationship between two people who are having the conversation at the 11th hour when it's too late, wouldn't it be better if we had these uncomfortable conversations sooner in our lives? Yes, it would. I think you're so right. We have to realize that right now we need to be talking about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what's so great about theater like this. You know, it brings these conversations to the forefront. Right. Um, Mental health, suicide is, is such a huge chunk of, you know, uh, of material we don't cover really. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and just think back to when we had Andrew Biviano on, who, yes. if you haven't voted, get your vote out. But get he is ballots. running for Spokane County Commissioner mm-hmm. of District 2. And he talked about needing to change the way we approach mental health and right. smart justice Absolutely, in do. our own community first so we can start it, the conversation on a statewide, on a nationwide scale. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, this is... If you look at the the homeless population around the country spiking, a lot of that is because we have not even begun to to address mental health issues, which which a high percentage of our homeless population does have mental health issues. Right. If you don't deal with that, if you don't find a way to support these people, what do you expect? But they're going to end up living on the streets. Exactly. Exactly. It's. I mean, it's the same thing with the LGBT community. We don't have the pl- laws in place or the structure in place to support them. Mm-hmm. What else can they do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is a comprehensive, you know, reform that we need to have from the ground up. We have to start everywhere uh, from the mental health uh, hospitals here to the jails to how we mm-hmm. employ people. Really, it's well, ev- and it's everywhere. And no kidding, it's, it's a large thing to take under because our whole. Uh, society really is based on a different model. Right. And so, but the only way to begin progressive change that uh, supports a positive outcome is to begin it's change. It's the habit. Yeah, exactly. It's that change. So the answer of doing nothing, which seems mm-hmm. to be a lot of conversation on Capitol Hill, which is, okay, you don't like this bill going up. What do you, what do you say you do instead? And the answer is always 
there's no answer. It's yeah. like, well, if you don't have an argument for me, then I then this is not a conversation. So when you get your stuff together, you come back to me, okay? Because yeah. then I'll be here. But don't right. send for me unless I send for you. <laughs> if only if only everyone on Capitol Hill was a drag queen like right? that, Jonathan. That would only. <laughs> I figure so much more stuff would get done. There would be a lot of like claws and stuff, but still things would That's get what, done. Hey, I'm yeah, just saying. yeah, and would it would all be done. In an amazing dance number with great lip sync. <laughs> and first of all, what it. better world is there I than, know. than right there? That's but right. can we talk about, we're talking about important conversations. Can we talk about a conversation that is starting, that doesn't need to be started seven, what, just a week out from election yeah, day? Nine, nine days. I'm, nine days. We're, we're almost we're here. We're really going to have a conversation about emails again? Are yeah. we really going to do what this? What is going emails on? Emails that we haven't even looked at. Emails yeah. that we really don't know if anything's in it, but we're going to bring it up before the election. It's kind of... If you will look at the... You know what? Take five minutes, Comey, and look in exactly, the emails exactly. first, and if there's something to talk about, bring it up. If not, stop it. Because it now you're just causing this issue. Very fishy about this really? whole thing. Right, no, just, a just a little bit. I mean, uh, you're right. It's right before the election. They don't have concrete details on anything, and, and they, they won't haven't even looked tell us. at them yet. And, and here's the, the fact thing. that they haven't even told. They didn't tell the campaign, Hillary, at all anything right. before they released it. They right. found out well, through the media. She comes out and says, "Will you just because I know what's happened? Yeah. I know what's coming. We've been down this road eight thousand yeah. and twelve times." Will you release them completely? Yeah. Just go ahead and just put them it. all out there so we can have this conversation. If you're going to do it right before the election, let's let's just do it. And then they're like, well, we don't really know what's in there. Okay, I have words for you that I can't say on FCC yeah. regulated radio. <laughs> but what I will say to you is, then you don't bring it up. Yeah. But uh, don't stir it the does pot. make you go, oh, okay, we're bringing it up because we want to cause... Because who jumped on that train oh, two seconds Trump. later, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. on there, saying it's the worst scandal since Watergate? But what is the worst candle, scandal since Watergate? You haven't talked about what's in the emails. So you don't know right. if emails. it's the worst scandal since Watergate or if it's Disney. You don't have any idea. Right, exactly. So don't, exactly. I am tired of people releasing things as news before they even know if it's news. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. I told you today, listen, I'm passionate. I'm on fire for this. Yeah, you are. I told you today, we with this whole election season, we need to understand that as Americans, we should be f- just totally ashamed of how we handle ourselves because we have no decorum, we have no respect, we have no class. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way other countries see us. That is exactly how we're acting. And it is about time we realize that this foolishness needs to stop because we have made a mockery of America. And that's a problem. And I'm ashamed of that. And even though I have a lot of opinions, I'm a citizen here and I am very embarrassed that this is how we're handling ourselves. Uh, it's disgusting. 100%. Disgusting. Preach, preach, brother. Now, it's I'm going to jump on that and shamelessly uh, self promote myself. Go Ooh, read an article that I wrote exactly about that. You did? Um, it's called This is What I Came Here For. It is on our Hot Mess Sunday page. Um, and, and it's a good article. It's a great, yeah, it's a it question. talks about yeah. basically. Uh, I, I came here as an immigrant, and my family gave up so much to be here. And this is a story I'll, I'll keep telling. I know mm-hmm. everyone's probably heard it by now. Mm, keep um, telling it. it. Exactly. And this is what the result of that is. I mean, millions of people come here, give up their life to be here, risk everything to come to get more opportunity. And we're watching this crapshoot going on. Yeah. Right? It's a and circus. This is before, it's a circus out there. Before I start hearing the arguments about, well, you're an immigrant. So you have, I just want to remind everybody listening that everybody was an immigrant. Well, okay, Unless you're Native American, you're come, welcome to your country. But we all, we all were immigrants at one time. If you have a problem with immigrants, come at me. Right? Give me your worst 
<laughs> right? Because it's ridiculous. I do not just care. Saying. I, I, I'm a citizen just like you. Just you go. Yeah. Just go Go to bed. But go to bed. <laughs> go, to go to bed. Go to bed. Go sleep. Night. Night, night. <laughs> that's, um, that's all I'll tell you. But yeah, it's a very good article. And it's yeah. a question. What I love about the article is that it's not, it's a question that does relate directly to you coming to this country and right. why your parents came. But it's a, it's a conversation. It's a question we all need to ask yeah which is right. is this truly is this what i showed up for is this what i watched the news for is this what i'm voting for really well, is this what it's about yeah and on a deeper level it's also uh, a comment on people who just complain and don't do a whole lot about it oh, i mean that's my favorite is it i we all came here to watch this happen and go right. down but not do anything about and it and talk about stand it. in your power and say listen <laughs> i want to change something i'm gonna go out there and do it because you can't just sit here and say well i'll run to canada okay everyone's gonna run away and it's gonna stay the same no, you do your part. You go vote. You go do more mm-hmm. than voting. Go advocate for these people. Go knock on doors. I know that sucks, but you're going to do it, okay? Yes. Come yeah. on, people. Stand, and you said Stand a, up. You said a very key point that I don't think that we embrace. Yeah. We hide behind, oh, mm. there's just too much, like we talked about. There's too much uh, yeah. change. There's too much reform. We can't do it. But you said a very key statement, which is standing in your power. Mm-hmm. And I do not believe... We as individuals, just in life in general, yeah. uh, we as citizens uh, in this world, we do not allow ourselves to stand in our power, to understand that if we just stand up and embrace our story, embrace ourselves and what we can actually do, that that's going to do 10 times more than complaining about it in Sydney and being a sniper. You're being oh, yeah. a social sniper, oh, yeah. taking out everybody who's trying to do something right. Mm-hmm. You're taking them out. Uh and not doing anything. It's like the conversation we had about healthcare when that whole thing was happening. We had a bunch of people, and I'll say the word, Republicans sitting on one side when they didn't like it, and then they would be asked, okay, then what do you, what should we do? And they said, well, we don't have a plan. We just keep it the same. Okay, that's not an answer. So when you're ready you're to have, a problem. when you're exactly. going to have a conversation, yes. which is an exchange of ideas, we can keep going. Right. But until there's an exchange of ideas, this isn't a conversation. Yeah. And you can't, and you're right. You can't just say, oh, I don't like that plan. So no. I say that a lot of my life i'll tell you how far it's gotten it, nowhere Not nowhere very far. you have to do no. something so <laughs> right give us like, an uh, yeah yeah what's what's the next plan you can't yeah. keep it the no. same there has if to there's be, an issue yeah. i know oh yeah it, it, we get real <laughs> passionate about this let's okay I so love it. Oh, i didn't I, need I coffee wanted, this morning i got this <laughs> yeah th- that's right i'm on it um i want to bring up philippines here for a second because of what what's happening over there in the philippines in the yeah. philippines um, as as just you know, a peek in the window of what if Trump wins. Um, this <laughs> this is it's ridiculous. I mean, the president is out there basically killing people. He is yes, and but did you Duterte? Duterte yeah. is his name. Probably. It is. Yeah. Uh, you heard the latest is you know he is known for mm-hmm. flying off the handle. He, yeah. He, you know he wants the drug dealers killed. He doesn't want to talk about. No. Right, he if doesn't. you're a drug user, if you're a drug dealer, I'm just going to shoot you in the street. That's just how it's going to mm-hmm. work. And he has been known. He calls Obama a lot of colorful names. He called out the Pope and called he the did. Pope yeah. a bunch of colorful names. Well, you heard the latest uh-huh. is he came out this week and said. He was on an airplane, God spoke to him, and God said, maybe you don't need to cuss so much in your speeches, and maybe you need to calm yourself. And God, I think, means a bunch of your advisors were in that airplane going, you need to calm yourself yeah. down, because it's getting out of good. hand, and everybody thinks you're crazy. Yeah. Um, so his new, his new t- he's still going to shoot them, oh, yeah. but it's no. in love. Right. <laughs> 
He's going to well, kill the bigger half of his citizens in love. The bigger issue is that it's not just him. I mean, he's set up this example for the citizens, but at this point, it's people who are on that ship. They've jumped on board and they yes. they want to they support these ideas so much that they're out there just shooting up their neighbors. Yes. And because it's, they've used drugs. It is uh, government-sanctioned. It, exactly. You know? <laughs> it yeah. has the stamp of approval of the government. It does. Listen. And, okay, if you want to know my policies on drugs, go read that article. Drugs way back for president. When. Drugs for president. Right. I completely disagree with everything that is going on over there. I know. But if you're going to have a hard-line stance, you don't have to kill people for it, okay? Right. You right. can you it can is. you can be a strong Listen. president, but you don't have to. We have been all over do the. There's a lot going on in our world today. Yeah. We have been all over all over the place with these topics. But the oh. point is, there's a lot happening, and there's a lot for you to care about. Mm-hmm. There's a lot for you to have an opinion on, and if you have an opinion, then do something with your opinion. You know, here, here's the thing: you you can turn the dial on us. We get it, but that's why we write. That's why we talk. That's why we have a radio show. That's why we go out and do talks in the community because it's our way of trying to process all the crazy that is being thrown at us. Mm-hmm. All of this to say, yeah, we're very passionate about it. We want you to care about it. You don't have to vote the way we vote. I mean, we appreciate it, but you don't have to do everything that we say. But if we have made your mind light up even a minute, a little bit, go do something with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then secondly, I just want to point out something go ahead. because we're all about the drama and the humor. Yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. did you say the the Philippines? <laughs> no. I, no. I said... <laughs> The Philippines. Because that's the most, that's the best Philippines. Because uh, <laughs> no, I would like to, like to talk to the Philippines right now. And I feel like that's like like the Philippians in, in, in oh, the Bible. That's, that's what that is. I don't know. Listen, I think you're barred. But, I, I um, think they're the same I'm from people, the really, Philippines, I'm, I'm Filipino. That's who I am. Yeah. But I maybe my, my brother's Philippine. I don't know, but... <laughs> But just you know, I just wanted to point out. We talked about words earlier. Great. I could not call you out. It, I know. I, <laughs> I saw it. Hey, and we will revisit a memory the day <laughs> you were on the show as a guest, and you told me you were born I, in, in Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan, and I live on the air said it's Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know where it is. That's the thing is you have no idea what country horrible. I was talking about. But you corrected me. It was me. the worst <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> I love it. And I learned that I lesson two it. years ago. Yeah. So now I will call everybody. Else. Listen, but I, oh. <laughs> I will say that thing. I will I will tell you where you were born. <laughs> yeah, you will. Well, you know, it's no it's no secret to us that apparently I have a really bad reputation when it comes to all Asian countries and you people. Do. Because you have I have offended so many. South Korea as an entire country. <laughs> you did. Um go go find that show last year, <laughs> I think. Because I <laughs> We tried to erase <laughs> I, it, but it's out I, there. It's out there. I, I I don't remember what I said. I think I called them all. Oh no! Don't no, do, no? do not okay. re do not reoffend <laughs> the country. Oh <laughs> Let's talk about wisdom. No, no, no. It learning. was nice. Don't it was very nice. You took it. You were the one that took it out of context. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, sweetie, you need to go listen to that show. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I have. I have. It's good. Because that's it's my good. favorite comment when people are like, "But I meant it is nice." <laughs> my mother says that. Okay. And that's all I have to say oh about that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I didn't mean that as oh bad. No. Oh, no. No. oh, no. No, Mom. That's not how that works. Yeah. Uh, people oh, people are going to think I'm my... awful and racist against Asians. I, have, I love he Asian isn't. people. And I, is... I was born in Asia. 
And it just gets worse. (laughs) My best friend's cousin's roommate in college was Asian. Get out! Get out! (laughs) This conversation has trade. I love it. These these are the moments. Great. These are the moments make me happy. These are the moments <laughs> why when I tell people that we can have a real conversation about politics and also have a really good time, I would like I mean, exhibit A. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to our living room, really. It's, exhibit A. Yeah, you could it's do like it. family dinner out here, I tell <laughs> you. You can go. You can go. Better oh. family dinner than I, I was used to. Oh, used to. amen. Ooh, those family dinners. No. Yes. Uh, we are just all over the excited. place. I have that's no roadmap this morning, but no, can I just... Okay. We're talking about family dinner. Yeah. I just want to say my sister blew me away this week my beautiful i love my sister Mm -hmm. she is very christian conservative we haven't always had a good time with me being gay Mm -hmm. it's been a thing right now and i but i love her and we talked about me being there on my birthday and how it was obvious that i was operating off of an old model and no one had told me that it had changed and it was amazing yeah and so my sister this week's go she's you know she checks in with me wants to make sure i'm smiling and all this stuff and she sends me a meme and she goes Okay, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, or but I thought this would make you laugh. And she sent me a gay meme, a gay oh, theme meme, and I'm that's like, awesome. I am I so it. proud at this moment. And it was hysterical, and it was great because it was a gay theme meme about Trump. And so I'm like, <laughs> she, it's like she actually knows me. Aww. Yeah, it was it I was a proud that. moment of my life yeah. and a good connection for her and I because I told her I thought it was hilarious yeah. and good job. And then my niece stole her phone and we talked, but it was that's good. Right. It was good times. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that. I love when change. it's the little things about, you know, the family that, that they show that they they care, they're trying or they get it. And that's amazing. I know. Congrats. So I did not ask if my who my sister was voting for, however, because <laughs> I can't survive that. We no. had a conversation yeah. with some friends over the past week about no one needs that. Sometimes there are conversations. That it's OK. Yeah. You know, you ha- everybody has that certain group of people that they won't talk to until after November 8th, depending on how it goes, really. Right. Because if you talk to them it's just oh okay well i'm yeah. backing away i'm not I talking no, you are talk crazy <laughs> oh <laughs> so we still have some growing to do on the because it is hard there it is it's not always easy conversations that's for sure no i mean you, ha- you have them but it's we're all human listen right we all get to i crazy. would like to point out that if you have anything to comment about no the five thousand things that we've just said not feel today. free to get on <laughs> oh, facebook because no. <laughs> i love those i also want to point out to our interns in studio that i have made none of them go on a microphone so you're welcome. This is my gift to you this just Sunday. Is that I've I've just given don't. you I've given Ugh. given you a microphone break because it was perfect. It was set up perfect. I know. I was. I'm actually really impressed. I'm proud of you. You haven't proposed to anyone on the show. Yet. You haven't put any. We have a micro- main guest coming on, and he's on he's cute. Yeah, so, I know. You know I, and he's creative. So <laughs> it could happen. You give me oh, time. I, I know. You mm-hmm. give you time and an opportunity, and Jonathan's in there. Thank you to everybody. Apparently, our our picture we posted before the show, which is you and your Batman mask and me with my pirate hat, is doing really well. So thanks. They're... Not sorry oh, about that. Oh, they're unlikely friends, just like you and me, Batman and a pirate. Look That's at that. true. Aww. So we're going to let our new single called Unlikely Friends. <laughs> Unlikely and Friends, yeah. That'll be on iTunes yeah. next month. It's us and and a bunch it'll of be a pirate queens. going R the whole time yeah. and Batman going R. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. That's and awesome. we just say it to a beat. <laughs> that's how that. <laughs> it's it's um, You're welcome. It's going to be number you one. You guys wouldn't get it. It's, it's okay. art. It's <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> it's hard. You guys wouldn't get it. <laughs> Anyways, we're very excited. The show, yeah. it has been slam-packed. It, which is good. You know, we um, we we try and play in our shows to where we have two <laughs> guests on, but sometimes... We have um, 18. Yeah, we give Kurt 
a whole lot of ideas and he just jumps on them and puts and them all in getting, one day. The problem is fine. he's getting too good at <laughs> he's it. He's get I know. That's the problem. We have to simmer down, Kurt. Like simmer. Simmer, simmer down. Now. Simmer. Simmer. Maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So he's just getting too good at it. So it's like, yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. We've gone the gamut of emotion. We ha- Well, it, what's funny is you're right. We started with cute animals. So everyone was oh, in their oh, heart oh, eye emoji. Aw. Right. And then we went to, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry because it's about suicide to right? um, the dish. To the dish. To the dish. To us just getting <laughs> really crazy. Because first us, of all, real passion. Just a reminder. Real passion. Get your ballot in. Yeah. I'm doing mine tonight because I haven't had any time to sit down. And you know me. I like to study. You have to. I have to read 8,000 things to do one vote. No, it took me probably three hours to fill mine out. I I totally get you. Because I don't want to fill in a circle if I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I feel weird. I have to trust the person, know where they're at, right. what's their favorite candy bar. I need to know. Yeah, it's important. I, I need to know. know why they're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> why? <laughs> don't, don't even. We hey. we saw Cyrus Habib. Okay? Yes, we did. He was an amazing speaker. He is. And if you're still on the fence about Lieutenant Governor and don't who be. you want to vote for, just vote Cyrus Habib. I, he's a great guy. He is. He has, stand, he has stood up he's, and backed yeah. legislation that has moved Washington State forward. And in yeah. the environment, it has. in opening up our business. He's mm-hmm. the whole reason we're allowed that uh, Uber is welcomed in Spokane and that exactly. it can be a viable option for people to use he his employment because he helped to pack a, back a bill that would open up our laws to right. allow right. places like Uber and uh, Lyft and those places mm-hmm. to be more available, be more uh, welcoming to those kinds of organizations. Right. And... You know, that's jumping off of that. He's so into tech and supporting high tech solutions for everything, which, uh, excuse me, why, why is that even a question? Everyone should be. So, Um, I mean, we have no opinion on who for lieutenant governor at all, but Uh, we do. I do. But, you know, we're just saying Cyrus Habib. And in case you are worried that he's just a jerk who wears sunglasses, (laughs) he has been blind since the age of eight. And I would like to point out, Sergey, that even Cyrus mentioned that in his just, speech here's because thing. I'm not the only person okay. in the world who thought that. No, no, no. I just really want to... Fine. Let's let's talk about <laughs> let's the story. Do it. Let's we're, do it. We're, we're, we're researching. This is even before the ballot. <laughs> this was um, way this before is the This is in the primaries. Primary. Yeah, yeah. Before the primaries. <laughs> and we're just looking at, you know, who's, who's on the ballot. And Jonathan texts me and he's like... <gasps> This Cyrus Habib dude, he's such a douche, I think, yeah. is what you, or mm-hmm. jerk, or he's so whatever. Um, he wears sunglasses everywhere he goes. Look at <laughs> blah blah blah. He's wearing sunglasses. No. He's indoors and he's wearing sunglasses. No, in my defense, there were like fourteen people running for a lieutenant. That's governor. true. So you, so judged it was by my face. first pass through, and I had really liked what the what he stood for in reading all that. And yeah. then, then I need to look at you know yeah. their, their different pictures, and then I was totally appalled and. <laughs> Just for he everyone out indoors. there, oh just for everyone out there, a it. good lesson to think before you speak. Yeah. Do your research completely. Yeah. Or else you go, and then you have to text Sergey 10 minutes later and be like, oh, okay, so about that. So he's been blind since he was eight. <laughs> so it's totally cool that he wears Oh, my glasses. God. That I'm was totally so on board with it. You <laughs> are, and I, I felt I like the it. worst person. I think it's hilarious. Then we go, to, yeah. we go to hear him speak. Yes, and he yeah. says, he, he just does so it, you yeah. know. I'm not some jerk who wears sunglasses every day. I'm blind. He says it, yeah. And Sergey nudges me, and I'm like, shut up, <laughs> shut up. No one here knows that I said that. <laughs> I, al- so I almost just like lit a light around you. <laughs> Big arrows, cartoony, this guy. Right, he right. did it. But I got, <laughs> I, I got on board. Yeah, no, so great guy, great guy. And the great. The NRA gave him an F, which in our book is an, an A+. A. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. 
Love it. That's right. If Matt Shea wouldn't vote for you, we probably we will. We probably will. That's right. Like, that's going to be our campaign poster. <laughs> if Matt Shea, Satan, won't vote, vote for you, we will. We will. Oh, boy. Awesome. Oh, boy. I mean, start it off the ground. Sorry I mean, about let's it. make but posters I'm not already. <laughs> hey, we're going to continue just the awesomeness and the oh, yeah, inspiration, even into the second hour, where we're going to talk about an amazing movie that's out. And um, actually, we're going to talk to the director of this amazing movie who got to work with Molly Shannon, which I love. I feel like we're just one. You know, we're just removed by one. But we're going to be talking. Nathan Adloff is the writer and director of the film Miles. This has been receiving uh, awards from film festival circuits throughout the summer with awards at Outfest and even Sidewalk Film Festival. To talk with us more about this film and much more, we are happy to welcome Nathan Adloff to Outspoken. Nathan, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for even taking time on a Sunday. You know, we try no to let you know how cool we think you are <laughs> by writing, writing. Those I feel words. pretty cool right now. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Our show is done. So we appreciate you calling in. No. So, let's, sure. oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's start. Can we give our listeners an idea? We know, of course, what Miles is about. But can you give a general synopsis of what this movie is about for our listeners? Sure. It's uh, it's loosely inspired by my life uh, in the late 90s and my mother's life. Um, growing up different in a small town in rural Illinois. Um, and it centers around Miles, who's a uh, 17-year-old high school senior whose father passes away. He's a single child. And his father passes away, and right after, he and his mother discover that um, his dad bought uh, his mistress a sports car and put a down payment on it and left the debt to the family, uh, which ended up being a lot of Miles' uh, college tuition money. So um, so that was a bit of a curveball for him. So he discovers this scholarship for a volleyball team at Loyola University in Chicago. And uh, he just happens to be kind of good at volleyball. So he joins the girls' volleyball team to try and get the scholarship to uh, get to Chicago and escape his small town. Mm-hmm. So this story you said loosely based around um, things that happened in your life. Did did that mm-hmm. actually happen to you? This is this like a peek into um, what what your life Nathan's was? Nathan's world. It is. Uh, I actually played uh, for a year in junior high, uh-huh. so the stakes were pretty low. I mean, there's really no stakes in junior high, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so that was. That there's two big sort of true parts to it. That that is one of them, and the other is the my father passing away and he him buying the car for this woman Ooh, and wow. leaving the burden of that debt to my mother. So to make it a uh, you know a bit of a more interesting story and fit in a, a structure of um you know a, a proper uh, script and movie, uh, we made up my co-writer and I made up that he's a high school senior going for a scholarship. So the scholarship part sort of bonded the two true sure. elements together. Sure. Right. And, you know, I, I mean, people talk about, I read a bunch of articles and everything, that, that you are known to take inspiration directly from your life. But that can take a lot of courage. I mean, uh, you know, it's one thing to to talk about, you know, being in, and I'll tell you, there are stakes in junior high. It's called the cool stakes, you know, when you're going to play. <laughs> but also to talk about something as personal as, as a parent passing and then, you know, this this issue with the money, you know, spent on a girlfriend's mm-hmm. car. How much courage do you feel 
like it's it's taking when you when you want to talk about such real things to you? Well, the biggest thing for me, I I had no problem like putting my real life out there. Mm -hmm. I I really wanted the blessing of my mother <laughs> because mm -hmm. half of the movie is based on her too. <laughs> right, right. And so she read the script pretty early on and and liked it and said go for it and she even corrected me about you know over a few facts which um <laughs> some of those we took into account but so that was kind of more important i don't know maybe i um maybe i need to come up with you know better made up stories but i <laughs> i just feel it's a bit uh it comes a bit more naturally writing what you know as they say and um, I'll eventually run out of stories about me, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. it's just been, and I think it, it, I think that was also comforting for my producers and especially my actors when they knew it was based on me when they had questions and, right. you know, asking about backstory and motivation and all that stuff. So right. I don't know, I, I guess I wasn't, it wasn't that, uh, I didn't have to f sort of muster up courage to kind of get this out there sure. I'm, I'm i'm a very open book so yeah um it was more you know making sure it was okay with my mother and then gotcha. going forward gotcha. from there was there any sense of vulnerability with sharing the story at all or and you know having your mother be a part of it as well <clears throat> yeah absolutely it was <laughs> it, it was always in the back of my head you know how it would be showing it to my mom for the first time sure and she saw the trailer first and texted me saying i'm crying i watched it five no. times in a row and i'm still wow. crying and I, at that point we knew we were, we were playing outfest in la and right. i knew that she was coming mm -hmm. and the last thing i wanted was my mom running out of the theater crying in front of like molly mm -hmm. <laughs> right right well i mean and then so, you mentioned it your mother is played in the movie very deftly by molly shannon and does she really yeah. turns in an amazing performance i think that we're always Molly's been growing so much, but that had to have been surreal for your mom to see herself on screen and being played by Molly mm -hmm. Shannon. It was I, it was for her to see her being portrayed on screen. I really wanted it to be a big deal for her that Molly Shannon was playing her, but when I told her who was playing her, she asked me who, who, who oh. that is. Oh, you know, we yeah, all need humbling moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she wasn't in SNL back in the day, but now she knows who, knows who she is. They met in L.A. Good. and talked for like an hour, and they're oh, yeah, wow. it, it was it was great. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, many have pointed to your attention to detail and your ability to bring in a really authentic truth to your characters with your writing and, and your directing style. And mm -hmm. they talk about how that makes your films stand out. Uh, of course, this, Nate and Margaret. Are you aware mm -hmm. of this on a conscious level when you do it? Or is it just who you are and your style of directing to be that authentic with your, your characters? Uh, I think it is conscious. I mean, I, I just really want to keep true to my to me, to, to my story, to the truth. I mean, it's, it's a balance, right? Because mm -hmm. so much of it is fictionalized, but, uh, I, whenever we sort of veered away from the absolute truth, I just kept questioning myself, you know, would I have done that? Is that in my character? So right. it was sort of second nature, just nothing too terribly conscious or at the forefront. It was just during the writing process and you know with this film and the last one uh to keep it within you know something that i feel like like i would do and with the other characters um really being conscious of 
writing characters that are people that you would actually meet in real life and Mm. no one too over the top or too silly or too cheesy or unbelievable, anything like that. And, and just keeping it very subtle and, uh, and real. So what you're saying is I will never be in one of your films. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I got to get to know you a little bit. Right? Subtlety (laughs) is not necessarily, (laughs) that is, no, nothing subtle about you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> with with this level of attention, you know, to these characters, you bring in, um, you know, a moment in the film, there's, you can feel that the character is stuck and confined, you know, mm-hmm. directly in the world around him, um, not being able to express who he is. That's kind of a universal truth for a lot of uh, young people, especially queer youth and LGBT kids. Was that ever, you know, a goal for you to inspire them with this with this film? Mm-hmm. It sort of became that over time. Uh, From the beginning, it certainly wasn't. Uh, Again, I just wanted to tell a story, a somewhat true story about me. And it actually was pretty, it was a lot darker uh, from the beginning, where I think it definitely would have been sort of an R-rated movie. (laughs) Um, Like where the the guy he's chatting with online was an older man, and he was kind of leaving a gift, and it was feeling a little creepy and didn't really fit into the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And a few things sprinkled throughout the movie like that. And as we kept writing it and refining it and uh, sharing it with our producers and starting to talk to cast, uh, it just sort of, all signs were pointing into the direction of sort of making it more of a family-friendly film and that it could be inspiring to, you know, LGBT youth or questioning youth. So, and of course, that felt like the right thing to do. So we, we, we kept going in that direction. Well, yeah, talk about the authentic. I mean, I think it, it definitely comes across the screen. Now, when an idea begins to like tickle your brain and you're thinking about writing and you're thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, even the visual of what, what you hope to do if, if, you know, to direct it as an actual film, what is it you look for for inspiration? Where do you find the stories? Um, I mean, I do watch a lot of TV and movies mm-hmm. and... Um, there are a few in particular that I'm really inspired by, like Mike White and Todd Haynes, mm-hmm. Todd Salon, how they can pull off stories that are, you know, comedic and dark, but painfully real and um, portray real characters. Um, so I think just surrounding myself with with content that mm-hmm. I feel like I'm inspired by and wanting to put out mm-hmm. and... Um, but also not not clouding it too much and and being too distracted by by other other things. Um, I don't know. I guess that's not really a conscious thing. I think just kind of being in it and always thinking about it, always making notes, and um, constantly talking to my co-writer, emails, texts, phone calls, getting together. Sure. And um, it's it's kind of a big mess, <laughs> but you know <laughs> you 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 get there in the end. It sort of just falls into place over time right as these things often do you know you you plan for one thing and then it kind of makes itself it it tells you what it wants to be and and doing such a independent film you know where money is is always the problem you know and we we had to have full-time jobs and find ways to make money and uh eat Mm -hmm. and pay rent and also find time to write and to pull the team together to make this so 
it's it's a struggle yeah well many artists they don't you know watch their creation or look at their work because they criticize it every time and in their heads it's you know i wanted to change this or i do this differently yeah um what what was it for you that you know you wanted to change or was it exactly what you wanted no i i think you have to just be so so flexible yeah. and so open to changing things right and as long as the story is not hindered i think you i think it's just a trait that every mm-hmm. director at least at my level uh has to have right um with our locations we combined a lot of locations uh, which didn't really matter in the end. You know, people talking can talk pretty much anywhere. So right. if we were already in a location that made sense and it was written somewhere else for, for sure. another scene, we, you know, sometimes would shoot in the same location because it would save us sometimes an entire day of uh, of our shoot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just really just staying flexible and also open to ideas from anyone. Um, I really... You know, it's all a collaboration to me. And if anyone has an idea, I encourage people to speak up and not um, watch me mess up. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> we all, I, I like to think we're all there for the greater good and wanting to right, make a yeah. good movie. So. Well, and what, yeah. you know, you mentioned not only everybody there for the greater good and for this this uh, vision that you have you mm-hmm. have helped them to see, but you talk about how, listen, indie films are not, you're not making big paychecks, you know, but you were still able to get such caliber actors. You had Missy Pyle, we mentioned Molly mm-hmm. Shannon, Paul Reiser's there, uh, Stephen Root, Yardley Smith. I mean, how in the world did those fall into place? Because they really had to catch your vision and believe in what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm still pinching myself. Um, <laughs> it, it really goes to show that having a great producing team and a casting director um, can really mm-hmm. pull that stuff together. Um, Ash Christian, my my first producer on board for Miles, produced my last film, Nate and Margaret, and he... He was the first to, to sign on after a table read here in L.A., and he had just worked with Rich D'Elia, our casting director on a big um, Hollywood movie here. And he he really he likes doing the, the bigger films, but also the smaller independent films. So he has the reach to, to the larger names for the smaller projects. So um, that that was just, yeah. you know, essential to getting these people. Um, and so... So he read the script and we, we met for lunch and three days later I was having coffee with Molly Shannon and, uh, you know, the next week Paul Reiser and Missy Pyle and for some crazy reason, people just kept saying yes to me. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't doing it for a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, with, with projects like this, you know, this isn't, Miles isn't your first film, but every time you do a a big project, it kind of teaches you something. What was your biggest takeaway from Miles? Um, you know, it was, it was more, it was reiterating more that I, more of the same that I learned, um, from my last feature, which is really just to trust my instincts, trust my gut. And, and that's, you know, it was never wrong or at least wrong in the, you know, artistic sense. Um, and, and just to be so flexible, you know, leave any sort of ego at the door and just think of the end end game. You know, the, the goal that we're all trying to mm-hmm. achieve is, is a good movie and no one's there, you know, to, to make 
you know, a big pay, have a big payday or um, no one's forced to be there. So just remembering that and that we're all there because we want to be and um, to always let people know that you're, you know, appreciative and um, just staying conscious in in the moment and why why I'm doing what I'm doing was was my biggest thing. Was there so we you know we mentioned all of these uh, amazing actors are on um who are on board and they they did this film with you and one of the things we'll remind our listeners that is a filming is very different some of those people were only there for a day shoot a few hours mm-hmm. and some people are there for longer it all just depends on how the production schedule goes down was there anything that you you were surprised with with one of them or that you you know you didn't expect um Gosh, you know, I was I, I felt so intimidated going into shooting this movie and just working with all of these people that I grew up watching. And I think it was very easy for, you know, at least one of those people or all of them to be jerks <laughs> or to have <laughs> right. an ego. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just so nice and normal. And it just was so great and comforting, uh, you know, because. I, I'll be honest, I was starstruck most of the time um, with Molly and Paul and Misty and everybody. And then every other day there was, you know, one day cameo that was coming on, like Yardley Smith or oh, Stephen yeah. Root. And it was just, it was crazy. I mean, it was like one of those things you, I just dreamt about doing. And, um, I don't know, it was... Uh, yeah, I think I lost where I was going. Which, yeah. What was your question? <laughs> was there anything that <laughs> I, was... I always get lost talking about the actors. I, just I know. And I, I love it. We get lost all the time on our show, so you're in good company. <laughs> oh, the, the, the cameos. Is what yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, anything that surprised me. Yeah, right? yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I. it was really cool working with Missy Pyle. Um, I've seen a lot of her work, and a lot of them, I think most of them are very big and sort of character actor types of roles and it was really cool to see her play sort of a normal woman Mm -hmm. um and i think she even said this to me that you know she hadn't played a part like this before so it was cool i i didn't think about providing something for an actor that's been around forever you know like her or any of the other people that they hadn't done before. Right, right. <laughs> I, that never crossed my mind that they would no. be doing something new on my little movie. So that was really cool. And I, she's amazing because she can chew up the scenery. If you know, yeah. she's really good at above and beyond. But yeah, she's she proved to be even better at uh, subtle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Unlike, yeah. unlike Jonathan. That's unlike fine. Jonathan, that's right. <laughs> so Nathan, <laughs> we love asking. You have a reputation. I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he does. <laughs> um, we love asking uh, creative people, especially successful creative people, what advice they would give. Uh, to young people looking, you know, looking up to to you or you know the directors out there, or mm. wanting to do their own projects, what advice would you have for them? Well, I would say if you have any doubts or if there's something else that you're interested, do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's something where you can make money and you can do it and uh, you can have a more stable life, <laughs> if there's any question. Do that instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as far as getting a movie made, and you know, if you're an actor, director, writer, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you do really, really have to want it and uh, be up for sacrificing. You know, uh, your your social life, your 
bank account, all of that stuff, you know, at least for, well, for quite a while, it, you know, right. it, every path is different, but right. um, you have to be willing to do that. And the biggest thing that helped me was going to film festivals. Um, oh, yeah. The uh, I met my producer in 2010 at sidewalk film festival in birmingham alabama mm-hmm. of all places mm-hmm. and i was acting in a film there and he was on the jury and we sort of became friends right away and he was looking to produce uh, someone else's film and he read the script for nate and margaret on the plane and we were shooting the following summer and you know the rest is history with miles right, working right. with him and all of that so i i try and go and i've been seven years in a row to that festival because it's oh. so special to me and I always seem to meet someone that I collaborate with or become, you know, really great friends with. So, um, just getting out there meeting people at festivals are great. I'm sure there's other functions, other ways to do that, screenings, mixers, whatever it is. Um, but just getting there and being around like-minded people and talking to people, um, was the most, uh, beneficial to me, um, in starting to, to, to direct my first film. So, yeah, just getting out the the, the door and physically yeah, walking yeah. out your door and going to festivals and whatever yeah, you can to meet right. people. We yeah. tell people every day, connect with someone every day because you never know who can change your life. It's so true. So let's talk, what is next for the movie and for you? And where is there going to be a chance that, that audiences, uh, wider audience, is going to be able to see this great film? We are, we, we've, we're in the middle of selling it and we're sort of working on the, the details of that back and forth. So okay. I can't say too much, but it should be sometime I would hope early next year or the middle nice. of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be getting theatrical in two markets, which we're hoping is New York and LA yeah. and seeing how it goes in that first week, you know, with the small movie, you kind of see how it goes in that yeah. uh, initial release. And if it does well, it can spread and spread. And then right. uh, shortly after will be cable VOD and streaming and all Love that. It. Um, so it, it shouldn't be too long before it'll be widely available. Well, we're year. excited because now Nate and Margaret and Miles, two just amazing films. I'm excited to what you come up with next. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you for taking time with the Outspoken Boys. As awkward and unsubtle as we are, we we really appreciate it. And we wish you all the luck. We're going to be watching to see uh, what Miles does and uh, keeping in touch with you. So Nathan Adloff, director and writer of Miles, uh, we're going to keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. And if you just tuned in, that was Nathan Adloff, director and writer of Miles. Now, in studio, we are going to be talking to Stacy Cossie, who is in charge of I-735, Take Big Money Out of Elections. And this is the time to talk this about it. This is the time to talk about it. Stacy. let's begin. Let's, let's talk a <laughs> yeah, little bit about big. the initiative and why it's so important, especially for Washington State. Well, uh, Initiative 735 is actually hitting at the core of the problem of money in elections. It does more than reverse Citizens United. It hits to uh, corporate personhood, which is really the key. Um, What uh, we are looking to do is to say that money is not political speech. We are calling for a constitutional amendment to clarify the rights of the Constitution belong to people and not artificial entities. Mm -hmm. We're calling for transparency and regulation. 
population uh, for campaign donations. It all seems like common sense, doesn't it? Well, you would think, but, you know, you mentioned Citizens United, which is this big case that the Supreme Court basically let corporations operate as individuals. It's what's gotten us into some interesting insurance issues with some big corporations. But it also helped create what we know today as super PACs, which is people being able to put an extreme amount of money in without having to identify who they are. They're shadow donors. They're in the background. So it is people who are not like the rest of us. They have a lot of money influencing big things that do affect us on a daily Absolutely. And um, here in Washington State, we have a specific example of that several years ago mm-hmm. when we tried to uh, label genetically modified organisms in our food. Right. Yeah. And um, at that time, Washington State voters raised like $9 million to buy advertising to say, you know, hey, why can't we know what's in our food? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And these uh, multinational corporations, through their super PACs, came and put $33 million into the election. They mm-hmm. bought it. Yeah. And, wow. and we watched that right here on the front lines. Mm-hmm. So Washington state is looking to be the 18th state to call for a constitutional amendment. Um, to go through Article 5 of the Constitution, you need actually 34 states to call and 30 38 to ratify. And, you know, we're well on our way. So it's, mm-hmm. it's darn exciting. Yeah, sure. right. very much. So what we're obviously calling to change the amendment. What would be the ideal scenario there? What is the goal for Initiative 735 and states that are joining us and that we're joining? Um, so, so the goal is to create a movement, mm-hmm. to create a movement of people that understand what's going on, right. to put pressure on our politicians to, um, once we get enough states in, in, in line, then we can call for a constitutional amendment, mm-hmm. but that's only one, um, one pathway. We can uh, right. also, there is a bill right now before the House of Representatives uh, that uh, I believe we're at 19 sponsors. And so we are, it's a movement and mm-hmm. it has many legs, um, but it might help um if I could give a little bit of a history. Yeah, do. absolutely. Um, okay, because uh, to me, I think this just kind of puts it right into, um, okay. you know, you just get it. But remember uh, that the um, the Declaration of Independence was very um, democracy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Constitution was very property rights mm-hmm. because it was written by a white male property owners, which mm-hmm. were like 10% of the population. They knew that they had to protect their property rights. Right. And so that's what they were doing. At the time, corporations were um, very much looked down on, right. you know, because of the East India Trading Company. Yes. You know, yeah. people looked at them as a tool for, you know, the king's rule. Mm-hmm. So um, the Constitution did not address corporations. Um, and instead, they had the states deal with them. And at the time, you had to basically have a bill, you know, to be in a, a corporation. Mm-hmm. It was a limited time frame. It had to be for the public good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they would routinely revoke it if it, if it became right. not for the public good. 
Well, what happened is over time, people's memories kind of faded, and the wealthy elite were kind of saying, "Hey, you know, these corporations, I could, I could, what you know, protect idea. my yeah, my property through them." And so, so then they started working through the courts, and um, they got their break um, with uh, Santa Clara um, Railroad. Because basically what it said, uh, uh, the story goes that one of the court reporters was just jotting down notes and put at the top that corporations are people. And that became part of the history. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then 14 years later is when we got the 14th Amendment. And that was basically designed uh, for um, so so slaves could have um, rights uh, under the states. Well, it was used like you know, handful of times for slavery and like hundreds of times for corporations to gain mm-hmm. equal access. Right. Uh, and so what's happened over time is that uh, corporations have claimed the 14th Amendment, the 5th, the 4th, and the 1st. And so with the 1st Amendment, that's the one we're all familiar with, yeah. um, you know, freedom of speech. They yeah. can spend money as freedom mm-hmm. of speech, mm-hmm. but they also have <clears throat> negative um freedom of speech, which means they don't have to speak. You know, they don't right. have to label if they don't want to. Fourth Amendment is all about search and seizure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Corporations can deny OSHA or EPA um, access to their property because it's not, um, you know, due process. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifth Amendment introduces the takings clause, um, which, you know, if a corporation should buy some property and want to develop it and then environmentalists come along and say, well, no, that's not going to work, then um, what will happen is that, you know, of course, the government owes money for that, Mm -hmm. yes. The Fifth Amendment gives them the right to actually um, charge for future projected Mm -hmm. profits. Mm -hmm. So, So these are much bigger issues than just freedom of speech and, you know, monopolizing the airwaves. And, right. Um, sure. And, and so by reversing Citizens United, yes, we get First Amendment kind right. of taken care of, but we're still hanging out there with the Fourth, the Fifth, the Fourteenth Amendment, the Commerce Clause. Yeah. It's a larger conversation and a lot. It, it, yeah. It entails it's a, a complicated more. issue. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. What has the response been so far to oh. uh, Initiative 735? Well, it's interesting because, um, it, you know, we're all volunteers and we gather these signatures yeah. as volunteers. It's been right. a two-year labor of love. Mm-hmm. And at first there was a little bit of a resistance. They weren't sure. And then as time goes on, it's like, give me that pin. You know, uh, yes, sure. we yeah. need we right. need this. Um, we're holding out signs right now. I don't know if you've seen our signs I out think there so. yet. Yeah. Um, but, you Now's know, the time to hold them out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting lots of honks. Uh, lots of people were excited yeah. about it. Okay. So what? So let's say so it's it's coming up and we're gonna push this through and it's gonna happen. Does that then then the next step is we're we're in a holding pattern because we need to make that magic number of yes. states right right before we can have that conversation on a national level. Right. So the good thing is it's one more state in line. Yes. Yes. To get that, but so now it's trying to support those other states uh, in in doing it themselves as well. 
Yeah, and but it's also not just states too. You know, we're also work hand in hand with Move to Amend, and mm-hmm. they have like six hundred municipalities that yeah. have passed similar language. So really, the point is, this is a movement. You know, yeah. on every level in every way, because we have to as people. Mm-hmm. Um, the best quote I have heard uh, in working this issue is by David Corton. He's a Washington State author. Okay. Um, Slavery is is the um, legal fiction that a person is property. Corporate personhood is the legal fiction that property is a person. That's oh. exactly what's going on. Wow, it's a really good quote. Actually, wow. yeah, puts it into yeah, kind of understandable terms, right there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh. what is the? So, are we? Uh, from what you know, being on at ground zero with it, mm-hmm. but what is our hope? Is it is there good hope that this is going to go through? Oh, What's yeah. the feeling on you, your end? Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a good feeling. I, well, here in our state, yes, I have a good feeling. Our sure, polling is sure. in our favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, both sides, um, in particularly nationwide with polling uh, about reversing Citizens United in particular, mm-hmm. it's supported by 80% of Republicans yeah. and 83% yes. of Democrats. It seems like a very so, common sense. Common very bipartisan. Super, yes. yeah, bipartisan, yeah. super. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but the point being that some of the push back that we get are people who are concerned about um, constricting freedom of speech. And right. I I just have to laugh because that is exactly what we are all about. Yeah, that's what we're concerned. freedom of yeah. speech. Well, and one of the good arguments I've always heard is you had your freedom of speech prior to Citizens United. You're going to have it after it's overturned. It's right. it, that that is not mm-hmm. that's not being taken care of, right. taken from you. Right. And, there, and that's a good thing to remember. Listen, right. You had it yeah. pre. Yeah. This yeah. isn't going to take it away. Yeah. By exactly. Overturning yeah. that same. And, yeah. And We're just going back to that. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you had it free, and now you get to pay for yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, and call it freedom of speech. Exactly. <laughs> and now the person that has more money than you has apparently has yeah. more of an opinion than you yeah. in exactly. this in this system. Well, remember everybody when you're doing your ballots because we know you're voting. Listen you to have the show. To. You need to vote. Uh, this is for Initiative 735. We always encourage you to be an educated voter. So if you have questions, look. If this made your brain go, I need to know more, then go learn more and mm-hmm. go vote. Please. Stacey, thank you so much yes. for coming into studio yes. and talking about this. Thank love you it. for having yeah. me. We love that. Okay, one last song break, and then we will wrap it up and let you go, unfortunately. This has been one crazy show. As as if I say that every week as if it's a shock. I, it, uh, at this point, it's just a standard, pretty much, Jonathan. Right, yeah. but it was a lot of fun. We even gave you a little bit of education. I know, you got some history. I, okay. I know. It slipped Boy, in accidentally, but that's fine. No, she, <laughs> she pulled out that, that, uh, that binder was a, of history. I, know. Like, I was like, oh, go. wow. wow. That's a, it was go. awesome to know. Um, a lot of people don't. A yeah, lot of people don't. Exactly. So next time we're here, it's going to be the November 6th show, That's I believe. Right. Yes, That's if we're Sunday. counting down. Um, so it's going to be fun. We're having Sean Maher on that day. Firefly, if you're, yep. if you're a nerd guy like if I If you am. love Joss Wheaton <laughs> and <laughs> if you love Firefly, that's right. You'll love it. If you love Buffy, if you love everything Joss, this Joss. is the show for you because I absolutely love Kurt. Lo- love him. Kurt loves to call him Josh. Josh, Josh we- Wheaton. Wheaton, Josh, Josh Wheaton, Wheaton, who apparently <laughs> is an actor, no, it, but well, not a, like not a very. Um, I think no, he's like not a very known one. 
just in a small town in Nebraska. Yeah. He's yeah. an actor there. I, I'm sure he, he accidentally he gets... He put himself on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he gets accidental uh, emails from people like her <gasps> who don't know the difference. They're like, right. hey, can you film Avengers today? He's like, yeah, I'll be right sure. there. Sure. Can I get the paycheck first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just And then there. I will send someone there. <laughs> uh-huh. I will send yeah. a representative... Oh, I will. ...of my <laughs> oh, team. No. I love it. Anyways, we had a blast today. Of course, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of theater going on. Don't forget, uh, Night Mother is running out in Coeur d'Alene, yes. uh, modern theater out and there. And listen, it might be heavy subject, but it's going to be amazing theater. Yeah, and it's important. Remember that. It and I'm going to be, uh, the director in me is also going to, I love watching. She mentioned yeah. that she loves that when it's a small crew, which I also love, mm-hmm. and you get to work directly with the actors and help them mold. You remember back in the day when oh, we yeah. first met, my favorite thing was to meet with each of you actors and just just go over your lines and go over the monologue piece and going and just dissect it. My favorite thing is to see what you can bring out in an actor. This is the play that's true where you find out as an actor what you're made of, and yeah. I am I cannot wait to see what they they have come up with. Yeah, I'm so. excited to see how it works. Yeah, I, it's I, beautiful, very beautiful story. Yeah. It is and great dialogue uh, and hard mm. story, very hard to watch, hard but it's good. But we're seeing. Go yeah. with us, guys. We're gonna hey, be going. Yeah. We'll be going down there on Thursday. Yeah. So and then don't forget Rocky Horror. We are there uh, November fourth. Um, right. You're sold welcome. Out, but that's okay. See you another night as well. Right. Sneak in. We Sneak love in. you know. If you love us so much, you crash. Mm-hmm. We're fine with that. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's okay. Don't there worry is about a it. lovely lady who is running the back of the house who's bringing us cookies. So Apparently. we're very excited. <laughs> we're very excited about that. Yeah. Um. So it's we'll just gonna be out. a good night. Yeah. Just show up somewhere. Show, yeah. Somewhere we will we will meet we'll sneak you some cookies it'll we'll be, be there yeah and then don't forget also streetcar named desires at Civic as well through November thirteenth so lots of things I know if you if you are here this week and you say I have nothing to do excuse me okay. we just gave you 20 and then if to you do. say that and all of a sudden the boys show up and just slap you that could happen that it's could gonna, it's like yeah. a magical Halloween <laughs> moment if you say it anywhere in Spokane all of a sudden we're just there smack yeah. you and then we're gone <laughs> we're slap fairies <laughs> that's what we are <laughs> we're slap, slap fairies we show up we there's appear, nothing to do in Spokane and <laughs> smack and they're out <laughs> where did that come from <laughs> bye Felicia so just like that hey you're welcome oh we, did, my gosh, we said we're it. not subtle okay, no. we said I'm not subtle but let's well, be honest neither of us are subtle I'll take it that's true that's true All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. (laughs) We'll see you next next week. week.